0: This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to Super Spreading Bitcoin 2022, This Week in Bitcoin. Today is October the 13th, 2022. Twenty-one, strong hand long-term thinking this game is not rigged golden age of the 2020s unconfiscatable oh yeah we will talk about that uncensorable we will talk about that also i am offended by selling personal responsibility is the new counterculture all right have a backbone people i'm offended by selling of course compete don't complain whoa we've got the best guest in the space here and we've got a new guest here, besides Al's lacrosse and Jason, uh, Jonathan Hamill uh, return. I sometimes call him Jason Hamill because Jason Hamill pitched for the Baltimore Orioles in 2012. And I just I just have that in my head forever, but it's Jonathan Hamill. But our very special new guest to the show is Dr. Bradley Rettler of University of Wyoming. And man, he is going to break it down Bitcoin philosophically here today. He's going to talk about his uh, his site, his collective, what they what they do over there. I'm I'm very excited. I do want to remind everyone that this this week in Bitcoin show is now you know it's brought to you by the people at the, the Bitcoin Conference, the people at Bitcoin Magazine, Bitcoin 2022. It's going to be April 6th to freaking April 9th. The best fricking Bitcoin conference on earth in Miami, Florida. You can get your tickets below. You can use the Adam 10 discount code. We're going to talk about it throughout the show. Al's lacrosse. I actually met him freaking in person, hugged him, dressed him, loved him at the 2021 <laughs> conference. So you can do the same with me in 2022. Hold me, love me, kiss me, thrill me, You YouTube, whatever the song was called. I don't know, but we'll talk about it. But right now we You know, Miami is a a glorious place for Bitcoin. It's nice and warm there. But let's talk about a glorious cold freaking place for Bitcoin. And that is Wyoming. (laughs) All right, Professor, take it away. Tell us about what you're doing up there. I mean, I'm just so thrilled that Bitcoin is in the formal academic world. This is something I could not even dream of back in 2016. Take it away, baby.
1: Yeah, I couldn't have dreamed of it back in... 2016 either. Um, I, I first started thinking about Bitcoin in 2014, late 2013, early 2014. Um, but there was no philosophical literature on Bitcoin at all, at least not in, you know, when I when I talk about philosophy, I'm thinking of my insular academic philosophy. So there were plenty of people thinking about it. Uh, you could argue that Satoshi was doing philosophy on the, the Bitcoin talk forums. But in terms of academic philosophy in philosophy journals, uh, there just wasn't anything. And, you know, you you got to get a job when you're when you're finishing up. And so I was writing on stuff that uh, that I thought other people in philosophy would like that they would give me a job for. And so my Bitcoin interest was just sort of a side thing um, that I did. And I didn't think about it a ton, Uh, you know, pop into the space here and there. I, one of the times I remember just just recently we had the anniversary of the slaying of the bear whale. And I, I remember being on uh, the Bitcoin Reddit at that time and just wondering, like, what's going on? I'd never seen these like uh, candle kind of things and sell orders and all that stuff, because I, I was thinking about it more uh, philosophically, I guess, and less price kind of stuff. So I had no idea what was happening, but it felt like this electric moment. So, yeah, fast forward a long time um I went to a conference and one of uh, one of my friends from grad school times was giving a paper on Bitcoin and I was like what when did this happen all of a sudden we have a philosophical literature on Bitcoin turns out we did it this was like the first paper on Bitcoin (laughs) that was ever going to be published in a philosophy journal um it was published in inquiry called what is Bitcoin um but I saw him give it at this conference and we just talked about Bitcoin the whole weekend uh, we'd go to the sessions, but then at lunches, at dinners, at the parties, he and I were talking about Bitcoin. And we decided we need to do something uh, with this. We need to start up like a Gmail chat. We need to find all the philosophers who are interested in Bitcoin and have uh, a little Gmail chat with us. So now there's three of us. <laughs> it's he and I and my friend Andrew. Um, and we just started with a Gmail chat. Then we thought we need to... We need to lay the groundwork because there's there's just none of this stuff so we pitched this idea to philosophy compass which is a journal that does like opinionated introductions to topics and we said we want to write about bitcoin and they said no why don't you write about blockchain and we said no why don't we write about cryptocurrency Um, and we gave a little argument for why you know blockchains should be currencies and so we uh just came out a week or so ago uh two parts money without state. And then the moral landscape of monetary design on the philosophy, politics, and economics of cryptocurrency. So that's on our site, resistance.money. We we call ourselves a research collective. I don't know what a research collective is, but we all work on Bitcoin. We write a lot of stuff together and anything that any of us writes or appears on is uh, collected on that site and linked to from there. So if people want to check out what we're doing, we've got, I think now, four academic articles. 11 or so essays a bunch of podcast appearances a couple of videos and and now this
0: heck yeah resistance.money everybody check it out first of all everybody retweet this show here we need to get the viewers going this is the bitcoin conference uh loves when we get more and more people to tweet it out so spread the word but uh yeah resistance.money you're gonna i mean this is you you really you, you dig deep over there you you keep it real in terms of it's not a left or a right thing. It's, you know, you, 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 you make it a thinking person's, uh, you know, a, a thinking a person's activity. And I just want what, to, what's what, you know, in your classes where, where it's brought up, what are, what, what are the kids like, you know, that, that are, I mean, is there a, a legitimate interest in Bitcoin amongst the, the philosophy people over there uh, of the students that you teach?
1: yeah definitely with the students so I, I you know i start all of my classes regardless of what they're on by just telling them about myself and so in the last two years i've i've said yeah you know, i started working in metaphysics and philosophy of religion and i still work in those but now I've, I've pivoted to doing a lot of work on cryptocurrency specifically focusing on bitcoin and some of the students chuckle and a number of the students stay afterwards and say hey man i have some bitcoin <laughs> or Hey man, I bought Doge last week. What do you think? (laughs) And so we have a conversation about uh, the use cases and about value and what makes something valuable and what features money ought to have. And I did teach a class on money uh, last semester. It was some philosophy, some psychology, uh, a little bit of politics. And we just focused the last two weeks on cryptocurrencies and on Bitcoin. But before that it was just what what should money look like what role should money play in our lives Um, can you have enough money can you have not enough money what are our responsibilities to people who don't have enough money Uh, so yeah that was it was pretty small class Uh, it was pitched at a very high level to seniors who are philosophy majors Um, but the reception of that was so good and so students said i've never thought about money like i've been getting an allowance since i was six and i like there's just money. It's, it's, one, it's the US dollar. I guess other countries have other money, but I haven't really thought about it. Uh, and it was really interesting, they said, to take a step back and think about what this thing should be and how it should be involved in our lives. And now for the, maybe the first time, um, I'm writing something on this, we have a choice about what we want money to look like. We can actually influence um, what features the money that we use can have. Uh, and they, yeah, they love talking about it. All right,
0: and but but, but I'm going to step away from academia real quick. Do you notice anything uh, related to Bitcoin on the streets of Wyoming? I mean, because we outside of Wyoming, we think it's all, uh, oh yeah, it's Bitcoin in Wyoming. We hear so much. Do you really notice anything? <laughs> is is there anything different? Do you you ever read anything? You ever? I mean, is it different over there in Wyoming, or is it just a bunch of hype? Or I,
1: I think it's different. In in areas that I that I'm not super involved in, so I think in in Bitcoin businesses, um, the Bitcoin regulations here are very well crafted, from what I understand, and you know I haven't read them or anything, um, but there was a, a concentrated effort to make them clear, um, and so what Caitlin Long has been doing is just trying to make sure that if businesses come to Wyoming, they're not going to be surprised. Down the line by regulations passing that they're not prepared for and they're they're not gonna have to leave because all of a sudden Wyoming's treating Bitcoin in a certain kind of way. So she wants to set the the framework beforehand so people know exactly what they're getting into. Um, so yeah, I mean if you're walking around on the street, there's not you don't see like signs up in businesses that say Bitcoin accepted here um, yet. Like okay, that's, you know, that's 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 what I was getting at. at. It's, <laughs> It's a behind-the-scenes thing, but I mean, and
0: she is doing great. I, I love what she does. She's been so hardcore about this. She's got conviction. Pound that like button, everybody, for conviction. We believe in that uh, over here. And, but it's like when you're like at the at the Bitcoin conference in Miami. I mean, you saw. I mean, it was well. For first of all, the next one's gonna be thirty thousand people, so you're gonna really freaking see it on the street. But I was recognized in the f- streets of Miami as the Bitcoin Meister. So I mean, it's uh, it's a little di- it's a little different over there. But I, I'm I'm you know. I want to go to my, I want to go visit uh, Wyoming. I've actually been there before a long time ago, but I I want to see, you know, these businesses that are setting up, Uh, hopefully the university scene uh, gets larger and everything, but let's go to a quote of yours uh, that it pertains to uh, an article of your, uh, on your site, uh, the the progressive uh, case for Bitcoin. I believe it was called Um, the average unbanked person pays $2,400 a year on financial transaction fees, and takes out five to six payday loans of $375. Uh, They pay $520 in interest on each one, eliminate the transaction fees, and you eliminate the need for the loans. But your point is is that Bitcoin solves this. Uh, There's a bunch of unbanked people in the United States of America. We love to talk about the unbanked people in Africa, wherever. But I mean, we've got a problem here in the United States when people don't have bank accounts and they fall prey to these uh, payday loan uh, organizations, companies. In some states, they don't have payday loans. Like I'm from Maryland originally. Um, I never was not familiar with such things. But in the South, especially, I mean, dudes get caught up in like horrible interest rates. So um, this is is something that helps the poor. Yet we have uh, these government officials who, who are making it seem like uh, Bitcoin is making the rich richer? Um, I mean, do, do, do elaborate on this a little bit, and then we'll get the, the, the rest of the panel to talk about it. Because I think it's a, I think it's a great thing that shows this is not a left-right thing. It's it, it can be a progressive thing.
1: Yeah. Um, so this this statistic came from, and then I uh, I, I was reading last summer the book uh, How the Other Half Banks by Mursa Bardarin, who's a law professor at the University of California at Irvine. And it's about how unbanked people like interact with money. Uh, so you know they they have jobs, they get money. Um, some of them don't have study jobs; they they get paid, um, you know, for in, in the gig economy or something like that. But a lot of times they get paid with checks, and a lot of times they have bills that they have to pay with checks or with other things like that. And so they don't just like not pay their bills; <laughs> they have to do it some other way. They can't just write a check. They can't sign up for. Uh, automatic withdrawals or whatever. So he, she just kind of lays out what their life looks like. And there were five or six times where I just put down the book and I thought, this this can't be right. <laughs> $2,400, it can't cost that much to you know cash checks and get uh, cashier's checks or money orders or whatever. It just, it just can't be. So I looked it up and it was right. <laughs> um, and I thought this is, so, so the book is in service of arguing for postal banking. So she, she thinks post offices, as they are in a bunch of other countries, ought to have really basic banking services like checking accounts, maybe really small loans um, where the postmaster or whoever's there has discretion about, you know, they know the people in their community. It's, it's a community banking, but government sponsored. Um, okay, there's, there's some, some merit to that. Um, one problem, though, is that it doesn't exist. Uh, Bitcoin exists. The Lightning Network exists. Um, Lightning Network wallets exist. If people could be paid uh, via the, the lightning network and then pay their bills via the lightning network, their transaction costs would go from $2,400 a year down to like 10 bucks a year. Um, that would be huge because most people are short by like 25 to 50 bucks a month. Uh, when they need to take out these payday loans, they don't need to take out that that much. Um, and then the problem is that these super high interest rates of hundreds of percentage points, um, Sometimes over a thousand percent, depending on the state, um, kick in, and they're paying. They're they were already short twenty five bucks, so they can't afford to pay back the original loan plus ten bucks the next week. So sometimes they go to a different payday lender and they take out another loan, and they use that to pay back the original loan. But of course, the second loan has to be bigger. So these loans balloon, and people get caught in this huge financial trap because they were short twenty five dollars. Um, so I think that using um, Bitcoin and using the Lightning Network to do financial transactions would save these people a lot of money. Now, I haven't like gotten a chance to sit down with um, liberal progressive politicians who say that they care about the poor and the unbanked and present this and say, what do you think? What are your objections? Why are you against this technology? Um, Is it because you're secretly not really against banks and you you're happy with this situation? Is it because you don't understand that Bitcoin can do this? Um, Or, you know, is there some other I just want to know what the arguments are so that we can have a conversation about it. Um, My hope is right that they they don't know about it. Um, They're not aware of all of what's being built. Their image of Bitcoin is frozen from a certain time in the past and they haven't updated uh, based on what Bitcoin is now being used to do. Uh, But I won't know that until I get to talk to them.
0: Well, again, I give you credit for, uh, you know, not pigeonholing uh, Bitcoin and and thinking it's a libertarian thing or a conservative thing. Um, And I think what's going on in certain political circles is maybe on the left, some leftists. I I mean, I've seen on Twitter that they automatically, they, they hear Bitcoin and they're trained to think, it's a rightist thing. It's a conservative thing. It's a libertarian. Thus, I'm not going to think about it. Thus, it is bad, and it re- and they are the ones who say they want to help the poor people, but yet they're shutting themselves out from this incredible technology that could really uh, change uh, unbanked people's lives. I mean, really change their lives. So, uh, with that in mind, I I. Um, Alice across you, you were reading resistance money and you were yeah. uh, t- pleased to see that there, that, uh, that there was another, t- you know, that it's not a left right, I mean, you know, it's not a left right thing, but that, that there could be a, an academic take on it, a left take on it, whatever you want to say. I don't want to put words in there. Yeah. Well,
2: I, am encouraged to see that there, there's some talk about this on let, I mean, I don't want to use misnomers here, but we'll call it a more left leaning perspective. Um, and I, I think you should be commended for that. I think that's great. Um, the, the sort of, this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment, but the the good news on reading, I just, you know, reading your essay, the, the PDF was, um, there's not really much difference between that and what I'm seeing Bitcoiners in general say, which, and I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, that's a good thing. I I think we're, we're largely on the same page with this stuff. Um, and it, it's been pointed out by a couple of Bitcoiners before that the sort of things that like. AOC says, and the sort of problems that Bitcoiners talk about, they're often like, they are often real problems that she's talking about. But, her, but from our perspective, her understanding of where these problems came about is completely backwards. Um, so, I, I think the good news on that is there's common ground. You know, um, things like the payday loans, for example. Um, I think that's a really, maybe kind of a killer app for people on the left to think about that because you had california for example um i think banned those recently and you know to take the perspective of like okay we banned these so problem solved like well no like why why did they exist like they did exist in the for a reason in the first place and they were serving a market for a reason you know so we didn't really solve the problem for those people um you know so we do need to talk about why is it that way And, and how did it get to be that and you get into things like uh cancel on effect or it's like why is it more and more and more expensive for especially when you're below like a certain level of income to try to make ends meet and and you know why is that diverge and the gold standard i i think there's so much room for common ground there um you know and i think you were right to put in that essay when you're talking about like people like uh you know, they, they see like, well, Peter Thiel likes this. So maybe I should be skeptical, but it, to look at it as sort of a neutral thing. Um, as I was reading it, it was in my head of kind of like, okay, I'm on a carnivore diet and this person's a vegan, but we can both use salt, right? You don't have to go like, well, that's salt is something that those people use. So I can't, it's like, well, you want to make your food taste better. You can use salt. It doesn't matter. It doesn't care. Um, and the idea that the money should sort of be neutral and it shouldn't it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't be like, well, this is their money in control of this and we need to seize this from them. Like it's sort of this neutral resource and then we can all do what we want with it. Um, I think is, I think it's a really great starting point. And I also think it's going to help people realize that a lot of us probably want the same thing. Um, it's just a matter of, um, you know, of of the approach and what, from my perspective, I do come from that more libertarian perspective. I wish that more people on the left understood this problem you're trying to solve, a lot of it originated from government intervention of the Fed, you know, I'm not saying 100% of it, but a lot of it came from that in the first place, you know, pushing down on that accelerator is actually going to get us into, into the wrong place. And that's where, you know, you start to diverge, like, what are we really talking about here? Are we trying to talk about fixing this or are we pri- prioritizing who controls the levers of what we're trying to fix? So that's where you, there's going to be some headbutting. But, uh, you know, the more people that we can get into that conversation and see this not as just um, somebody else's little hobby, you know, or they're trying to use it to impose their right-wing views or something like that. Like, if Bitcoin works out the way it's supposed to, we're not imposing anybody's views. It's like, come use it if you want to use it. Don't use it if you don't want to use it. So um, I think it's really good. this It's not very often that we see people from that political perspective being part of a conversation like this. So congrats on that. It's a good start. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I just love what you said about payday loans being the killer app to get the mm. left involved. I mean, mm. uh, I mean, that's why I'm bringing it up on this show because I think it is unifying unifying... Uh, a topic and uh that it was this, this the essay that popped out on me there that i read so it, it, it's great I'm, I'm glad you wrote about it professor and uh i, I think uh I, I think it should be brought up to elizabeth warren when she uh you know she's yelling about uh you know how, how it's uh the trading a bitcoin and all these cryptocurrencies is, is risky for poor people and it's it's enriching the rich okay there's a lot of different things that are going on in the space here. Let's let, let let's take it down to this level here. She's supposed to be a person of the people. And this is, this is definitely, uh, the quote unquote people are, are affected by payday loans, like so much more so than you know, upper class or middle, middle class people or, or whatever. But, um, uh, I don't know, Did do you have anything else to say about what, uh, Cross just said there, uh, any, uh, uh, comments on the comments?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's right that a lot of times we identify uh, the same problem or the same effect of a problem and there's disagreements about how to solve it and there's disagreements about why the problem came about in the first place. But certainly people people on the left are familiar at, with and embrace phrases like systemic injustice. Um, so is there systemic financial injustice? Um, I think most people on the left would say, yes, absolutely there is. Um, does it originate from coming off of the gold standard? There might be a disagreement about that. Um, does it originate from some people having way too much power over the money supply and how it gets meted out? We should all agree that yes, um, absolutely it does. So would it be better to have a money where nobody can mess with the supply and direct it to themselves? Um, I think we should all agree yes. Um, have there been people in the past who, in, you know, in their attempts to do good, have harmed people? Uh, Have there been people who've been in charge who have um, enacted policies that have harmed people? I think we should all say yes. Um, So you could easily look at at Bitcoin not knowing about the history on forums or whatever. You could look at it and you could read Isaiah Jackson's book, Bitcoin in Black America. And you could think, hey, I bet this thing came about because um, black people realized that they were totally shut out of the financial system in the country. We had redlining. We had refusal to loan. We had refusal to give bank accounts. I bet Bitcoin was made up by Black people who were you know, disillusioned with the financial system. Um, if you didn't know, you know where Bitcoin started, that's a perfectly reasonable story to tell. You can easily see how very left-leaning principles would get you to create something like Bitcoin. Um, so just because that doesn't happen to be how it came about doesn't mean that it can't solve those problems anyway.
0: That has a great take there. I mean, uh, it's it,
1: too many people get obsessed with
0: the backstory. There could be other backstories. I mean, it it, it is truly neutral. It really is truly neutral. People uh, need need to get the uh, the hysterics of Twitter out of their heads. You know, with with the, what they've read on there. So you're you're doing a good thing. I love this 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 philosophical take. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's go to Jonathan here. What do you have to say about? I, I'm sorry, I haven't given you a chance to say.
3: <laughs> no, here. no, no problem. Uh, yeah. So, so Professor was a, a great paper. Uh, it, I think it's a great angle. Uh, reminds me a little bit of what uh, Alex Gladstein is doing at the uh, Human Rights Foundation on the more humanitarian uh, international political level. I think it's the same kind of angle. Uh, inter- interestingly enough, had. Uh, uh some kind of a debate uh, i think it was two years two years two years earlier here in uh in the quebec i was uh in a tv uh station for an interview and i uh, came across uh, one of the uh one of the left-wing politicians here in quebec and uh is very, very like the guy's almost a socialist and uh we have our disagreements on, on policy but it's funny because i said you know what the only thing i agree about uh about your program is it is, is the only they are the only party that uh that they, they highlighted the, the high cost of transaction for uh, for the lower, uh, lower income people for, let, let's say, having a bank account, credit cards, not having access to loans. So um, I said, uh, and the subject came on to Bitcoin. I said, you know what? I don't like Bitcoin. Like, it's more like a right wing thing, the environmental uh, cost of it. He said, look, based on your uh, on your your orientation on payments and how it's uh, uh discriminating against poor people i think you should have a, a second look uh, on it and at that time the lightning network wasn't uh that much of a thing uh so far so the the daily payments about bit with bitcoin was uh, was not, not as far as it, it is now so now i think this narrative is getting it's getting better but i would also had another angle let's say the one of the the angle of the small retailers the the retailers are paying a big a big margin on their credit card payment uh back to payment networks. So this is also like for small entrepreneurs who are trying to get started. Let's say restaurant, uh, they are increasingly dependent on on uh, on payment networks for fees. Um, uh, so that that I think that was an interesting angle. And uh, and to add, I I don't think it's a left or right debate. I mean, if you look at, I, I always thought I I like Al. Uh, I'll, I I'll also identify mostly as as libertarian, but. Mostly as a classical liberal, like in terms of social uh, orientation, and I agree with pretty much everything you says uh, in the paper. And I think uh, I think you represent I think a dying breed of the what I call the moderate left. Uh, the now I would say the mainstream uh, left wing politics is is steering towards more and more authoritarian grounds, and they're also uh, on the on the economic side. They're also steering towards like mmt is now like a mainstream thing on the left so so i think part of the disagreement with bitcoin is the fact that they they don't really agree with the scarcity uh uh the scarcity aspect of any money so this for for them like the mmt uh the promise of MMT is be so money is just like an accounting trick so you basically you just balance things between books and that's it we have money uh so the, the the premise that you have a scarce resources that can act as money is is not accepted by uh, a huge portion of the mainstream left, so I think there is that uh, it's pretty much the neutral ground we have to, to 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 build upon to to make sure that we have uh, a standard uh, between our different uh, uh, different uh, political uh, political views. Um, I, 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 interestingly, uh, about the uh, the payment, uh, the number is pretty impressive. I mean, twenty four hundred dollars a year uh, in financial transaction like 10% of their annual income. It's pretty amazing. I had a discussion, I think it was also two, three years ago with, uh, one of the major security company, like the security guards. Uh, um, and he was telling me that, uh, even if we're saying that cash is disappearing, the volume of cash trans- transport in the U S is, is still growing on a yearly basis. And most of these people, a lot of these security guard, uh, a lot of them are unbanked and uh, the, 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 the the majority of them were paid with prepaid Visa card, not with checks, but prepaid Visa card that are also emitted by these, uh, here in Canada, we have these Money Mart uh, stores. This is basically like a, a parallel banking system when you can buy a uh, prepaid Visa card, you can cash checks, you can, and there's a whole, I mean, this is a parallel, this is a parallel uh, uh, banking system that I really didn't know about before like entering into Bitcoin and getting more into the uh, financial uh, system, so this is really int- and people don't really know about this, but a lot of people relying on the service, which is pretty similar to what you were talking about with the postal. Uh, I think it's in Japan. I think in Japan is that they have this uh, postal uh, postal banking system. Uh, Germany, I think as well. Uh, the money Mart here pretty much uh, does this job of, of banking, the unbank, and providing. Uh, providing payment solutions, so this this it, it's it really uh, it's it, it's it's playing a role that the traditional banks are not uh, are not playing. But in general, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said in the in the paper. And uh, it's it's not the left or right issues. It's a it's a humanitarian humanitarian debate. And uh, I think it's it's great to see uh, more people like you in Bitcoin.
0: Uh, Jonathan, you, you you bring up an interesting point about MMT, and Yes, MMT is definitely the opposite of Bitcoin. <laughs> has one way of putting it. But the funny thing is MMT people and Bitcoin people can be allies in the sense like okay, let them just pr- if the dollar is printed out of uh, you know, usefulness, it'll just it, it will help Bitcoin. I mean, the, the MMT people are helping Bitcoin. It's it's driving people to real money. It's it's waking up. So I mean, you can even bring you can you can connect the two right there, but um, uh, Professor, I don't want to put any words into your mouth. Your thoughts on what I, 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 Jonathan just said?
1: Yeah, I'm at, so I have a bit unorthodox views about MMT for a Bitcoiner, which is that uh, I've read the books and I think it's true. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I take the tenets of MMT to be if you print your own currency, you can always get out of debt because um, you could just print however much the debt is, and then give it to the people who you owe money to, and then the debt is gone. So we can, the U.S. can get out of debt at any time. Um, but it's good for the U.S. to be in debt because that means it's loaned money to people who are producing things. Um, uh, another tenet is that when when you print money, if that money goes to create more value than the money costs, so if I loan you $100 or if I print $100 and give it to you and then you make $150 worth of stuff, we don't have inflation. Um, So we only have inflation when more money is printed than the goods and services in the real economy are created to compensate for it. Um, And MMT says the limiting case of money printing is inflation. Um, So we should print money to try to get to full employment so we can pay people. Um, But if inflation starts happening, then we need to stop. So I think certainly Bitcoiners should agree about that. And then maybe the disagreement here is like, have, have we printed so much money that we're experiencing inflation. And people say, well, yes, because here are here are the costs that have gone up. And then other people say, no, that's supply chain. Maybe it's something that we'll only know in retrospect. Um, this is one of the hard things about applying MMT is because it says, here's what you can do and here's when you can do it, but you're not going to know when you hit that until like six months or a year later. So it, it, you need some principles to determine in advance whether that's going to happen. And those haven't been offered. Um, so that's, on the one side, I think MMT is true of government backed currencies, um, there will always be a demand for them as long as governments can force you to pay taxes in them. And that demand will have these effects. Um, but suppose that you're not going to use money for a little while and you want to save it. Um, you should have a way to save it. That's not saving in a currency that might inflate uh, that where the supply is going. to go up. Um, and so there I think you don't have to, even if you're pro MMT, you don't have to be anti Bitcoin. You can be like, yeah, I think the government should print money to help people, and if people don't need to use the money, they should convert it to Bitcoin so they can save it until they need it. Uh, so I think even there, there's there's points of common ground between MMT uh, and and Bitcoin, as long as we recognize that you can't apply MMT to Bitcoin, um, it would it would never work. <laughs> but I don't think anyone who's pro MMT would say that you could. I think wow. just want
3: to add on MMT, I mean, the, the honest part that I liked about it is they don't even pretend to mess with the, the monetization of the debt. Like this old theater of like monetizing the debt with uh, the issues of bonds. They don't even mess with that. I mean, you just deposited the treasury and that's it. So, I mean, for now, I mean, they, they, they printed whatever they wanted in the last two years. So what would even bother to, uh, to, 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 to emit bonds uh, anyway? So I kind of like this, this straightaway uh, approach.
0: Wow, uh, best freaking guest in the space. When you all of a sudden are hearing that you know, a Bitcoin person likes MMT, dude, you're getting. I'm, I'm bringing you true, unique beasts here. Okay, so everybody, pound that freaking like button. And I do want to thank uh, the dudes who did contribute to uh, the last show. Remember, if you guys got questions through a super chat, send a PayPal. It'll make. We're gonna have another uh, uh, one Bitcoin show soon because we raised hundred dollars thanks to uh, BitPiggy's Jim, not my tarantula uh, Travis uh, Travis Tiest, uh, Johnny Minus, and Gregor. But guys, keep on ascending, and of course, uh, Bitcoin Magazine makes this show possible uh, because of the Bitcoin Twenty Twenty Two conference coming up in Miami, April sixth uh, to 9th. Do check it out. Four days, you're going to be able to network all sorts of stuff. Speaking about network, uh, networking, Professor, have you met uh, Senator Cynthia Lummis uh, by any chance? Because, I mean, she's representing Wyoming. And your thoughts on her since you're in Wyoming?
1: Uh, no, we we have not met. Um, I'm, I think she's been in Laramie since since uh, she was elected, but no, not not yet. All so right. hopefully, hopefully soon. Do you
0: have any thoughts on her? Uh her, her her uh stepping up to the plate and becoming the Bitcoin senator? Is it is it is it a gimmick or, or is she uh hardcore?
1: No, no, I don't think it's a gimmick at all. I think she I mean from from so I have met her her daughter only virtually, um, and at least the, the story that I've heard, which I have no reason to doubt, is that um that her son-in-law introduced her to Bitcoin. They bought some together. She was into it. She likes it. She just released, um, you probably saw within the last couple of weeks or so, financial disclosure statements that that she bought during her first year in the Senate um, or first few months in the Senate or whatever, $100,000 worth of Bitcoin. So I don't think it's an act at all. I like that she's reaching across the aisle. She's also not assuming that this is going to be a left-right thing. She's not just trying to gather Republicans to be in favor of um, of Bitcoin, but trying to educate people on, on the left side of the aisle about it, building bipartisan coalitions to handle um, this this cryptocurrency amendment and the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which seemed by all accounts to be an absolute disaster. Um, so I yeah, I think she's she's doing a lot for the the case of, of educating people about Bitcoin in the Senate who hopefully then can, um, maybe listen a little more to their constituents about what their constituents think about Bitcoin. Because one thing that we've seen as data has come out about who owns Bitcoin is it's a lot of Americans. Um, and they're not just rich people and they're not just Republicans. Um, a higher percentage of, of Black and Hispanic people own Bitcoin than white people. Um, a high percentage of lower income people own Bitcoin. So um if if she can shine a light on these uh things in ways that you know the rest of us can't because she has a microphone that we don't have that I, I think it's awesome
0: what was that statistic you just said about black people and hispanic people a higher percentage of black and hispanic people own bitcoin than white people what, you,
1: i don't want mis- yeah. to miss there. so oh, that's right um so let me let me look this up real quick because i I mean, in
3: proportion of their own, uh, within their own uh, racial uh, category,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was something like um, 47% of black Americans. Maybe it's a cryptocurrency. 1% of of Hispanic people own a cryptocurrency. And it was like in the low 30s for white people. It
2: doesn't really surprise me, though, if you think of... You know, if you start with a mindset that you feel like the system has not worked for you, you're probably exactly. much more apt to try something outside the bat. I, I had a conversation sort of in the other direction of this. Um, this weekend, I was trying to orange pill a couple who were uh, school teachers in New York. And, you know, it's it was interesting to kind of hear their their perspective on the economy from what occurred to me is these are people who they're a little bit older than me, but they they have never really experience an economic downturn because no matter like even after 2008 you know they their checks never stopped coming um and in fact they probably got raises in that in that period um so just brings a totally different mindset of well why should i care about this um because for them it's like well there's we have like u.s dollars that works for everybody right and they have that and they'll have their pension and et cetera et cetera et cetera so It's either going to be their own curiosity leads them to look outside that or it's going to be the U.S. economy absolutely hitting an iceberg where those debts can no longer be serviced. Those pensions are no longer going to be what they were promised. That will be an eye opener to people in that category, Um, whereas everyone else gets little experiences of like the consequences or sometimes big experiences of the consequences of problems with the economy but if you're so insulated from that now you can you could say that too for for racially if you're in a group that traditionally a much much larger percentage of is not in the sort of regular you know banked corporate whatever kind of world uh you probably are much more apt to say well here's this other thing and and look into that
0: um I across i, I- kind of cut uh, off before did you have anything to say about nmt we were talking about
2: well Can yeah honestly this? my my perspective on it, it and i don't mean to be funny with this but at this point i'm an accelerationist so it's like <laughs> let's just do it if this is the route like it looks like we're we're trying to go this route and pretend we're not anyway and my feeling is all right well you guys do that and we'll see how that goes like let's let's not screw around with this for another 30 years Let's go full MMT. We'll see how it works out for you. Let's have some states in America that are protecting themselves from that and offering, you know, other options and getting more, putting Bitcoin on their balance sheets. And we'll see who it works out for. Um, As long as going into it, you promised me that, you know, those of you who are going full bore MMT, that you're not going to come up with some excuse why it's actually my fault because my state didn't go MMT. And if we had just all done it, then it would have worked out because I feel like that's always... You know, that's always the excuse for things like with, uh, you know, when you talk to a 20 year old communist these days, it's who weren't even alive when the Soviet Union fell. It's always like, oh, they just didn't they just didn't communist hard enough. Um, <laughs> and so let, let's just let's just promise each other going into this. You know, we will go our route. You will go your route. We'll see what happens. And you promise that whatever happens, you don't blame it on me not going
3: your route. And I won't blame it on you not going my route. So, yeah. you know. On the on the minority uh, discussion, it's interesting because most of these minorities has, has been traditionally more skeptic of government because they've been affected by by bad decision, bad policy, who are targeted at these uh, at these uh, minorities. And this is we're actually seeing it right now with the vaccine mandate. The the most hesitant uh, population is the minorities because why? These, traditionally, they're they're against uh, most of the, the, the because they're against big government uh, initiative. And it was a, a a very very interesting plot twist to see like Black Lives Matter going against vaccine mandates in New York, like it's kind of like a bug in the system. Uh, so this is this is interesting. I think how it's going to unfold in the next uh, next few years. Uh, the traditional traditional uh, axis of debate is being shattered.
0: Yeah, I, I, if I was uh, you know a leftist politician, if I was Elizabeth Warren, I would be very careful about going against Bitcoin because it does it's. It it, it does uh, appeal to many people that traditionally vote for her. So I I, I don't know. I I, I hope the people that love Bitcoin, that traditionally vote uh, uh, left will vote in what is their best interest. Uh, You know, judge each politician individually uh, instead of, uh, you know, by by, by these tribal standards. Like, are they going to vote for Elizabeth Warren because there's a D there? Are they going to vote against her because she is uh, totally against their Bitcoin interest? I mean, are they going to use their heads or aren't they going to use their heads? So, uh, again, I think uh, what you're doing at the collective is uh, you're just putting it all out there philosophically, not not making it tribal. And hopefully people learn from it that it is it is a neutral thing. And uh, anyone from any side of the aisle uh, can, can, can jump upon it and figure out a way to to help their constituents. And uh, let's let's get out of this tribal mentality, because it, it, if you're stuck in this tribalism where you're just mindless, where you don't think at all, you're going to lose out. And so many people ha- are, are no coiners uh, because of politics. They have lo- and they've lost out on millions. I mean, there, there there are plenty of people from the left that probably heard about this in 2014. But they're just like, ah, nah, it's it's, just, it's a it's a conservative thing. And uh, they've probably become a uh, uh, bitter and, and embittered. And, and let, let's move on. You know, since we're talking about academics and embittered people, um, <laughs> Steve Hankey here. Um, he's, got, uh, he's got a new art. Now, he is uh, he's based in Baltimore. I'm from Baltimore originally. Um, you know, Johns Hopkins. You hear Johns Hopkins, you think about this greatness. And, you know, I, I've been familiar with Hankey for, for quite some time. And, you know, some of his traditional uh, economic beliefs are, are good or solid, I mean, I, in my opinion. He, you know, when he when he he used to talk about you know Panama a lot and uh, dollarization and it, and indeed it's it's better to uh, base your currency off of the dollar than to wildly print it just forever and ever Zimbabwe style. Okay, so you you, you 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 place it with the dollar, you stick it, you peg it to the dollar. That is a good thing. I think he is like hooked on that for the rest of his life because he was involved in different countries where he got uh, countries to do that, to have a currency board and to, to peg it to the dollar. And which is, it's great, but Bitcoin is better. All right. Bitcoin is a better money. It is true innovation. So he has this article that comes out. I believe it came out yesterday or the day before I tweeted it out with my own comments and I sent it to the panel and, uh, he uh, let me. What's the title of it? Uh, How oh, innovative oh, yeah, yeah. is crypto? The case for crypto as a driver of innovation is thin. <laughs> he's saying it's the same as digital currency. It's just, it's just like a, it's just like, a, it's, just like a, it's just like a bank's digital currency. Now, you know, when I read the article, the first thing that came out into my mind is like, he's not talking about the unconfiscatable or uncensorable aspects of Bitcoin. He's totally ignoring it. Those alone make it better than a bank-issued currency. No no bank is going to let you send your money to Iran, okay? No, 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 I mean, no bank is going to stop. If, if the government comes to the bank and say, hey, this guy's a terrorist, well, they'll give your money to the... They'll confiscate your money. You know, if you store your Bitcoin correctly, no one can take it away from you. If you have your Bitcoin, you control your own private... You can send it to anyone. So uh, I guess... So who, who wants to start with this one? Someone's just... Nice.
2: Uh, I'll, I'll do it because... Yeah, he makes me want to throw stuff. Um, so in in that same conversation I was talking about earlier with the teachers, um, I was asked because I was recommending some articles. They said, can you recommend some readings that are against Bitcoin? And I said, I, I know this is going to sound self-serving, but honestly, every single time, and I wish this was not true. Every single time I read an article that's against Bitcoin, it's by someone who does not really understand it very well. Um, And for purposes of this discussion, let's just assume that that being sincere in what in what he says. Um, I am desperate to see a good article against Bitcoin that comes from someone who really has like a very deep understanding of Bitcoin, because I've yet to see that, Um, you know, and I spent probably the first three years I was interested in Bitcoin. I spent every single day thinking like, okay, how might I be wrong about this and sort of just like adversarial thinking with that of, you know, what if this isn't true and trying to come up with with reasons. And, you know, where I probably landed on that is I, I didn't think of, but um, but articles like this, you know, there's there's this exclusive club now that he's in um, Taleb seems to be in shift seems to be in of I'm going to talk about Bitcoin all of the time, but I'm not really going to learn much about it. And shift right now is the reigning champion. Like I can go 10 years talking about Bitcoin without really learning very much about it is seems to be his thing. Uh, But the the article, the premise of the article seems to be like, well, we already have digital transactions, so Bitcoin's nothing new. And yeah, but that's not that's not the uh, the innovation of Bitcoin. And anyone who has spent any real time studying Bitcoin would know that that's not the that's not claimed by anyone. Digital transactions are not claimed to be an innovation of Bitcoin. And if you haven't spent enough time learning about it, then why the hell are you writing articles in National Review about it? It's just it's so frustrating. But, um, you know, it's the same old tropes Uh, we get into, you know, criminal money, FUD, to which I always say every every uh, cops and robbers movie you've ever seen, when they pull the briefcase away from the criminals, what's it full of? U.S. dollars. So if that's going to be our argument, then we can't use U.S. dollars either. Um, energy FUD, which I could sit and talk for three hours about, because that's kind of the topic of the uh, Houston Bitcoin meetup that I run. Um, but uh, it's just it's it comes across as very ignorant. It's sort of just full of straw men. And I wish some of these guys would, you know, do their homework before they write articles like this. So, yeah, I'm not a big fan of him right now.
0: now May, and the National, National Review is, is a conservative publication, right? yeah yeah I, I mean we're, we're just talking about I mean <laughs> they're they're giving an, an insane case against Bitcoin. It makes no they're they're giving a, him print time, which is yeah you know we're talking about that uh, the we're saying that liberals or the left has been bad to Bitcoin. well, the right can be pretty bad to Bitcoin too when, when something like this happens so it, yeah it, and, and it, honestly, national
2: review does have a bit of a history of being on the cutting edge of a few things that you might not expect from a conservative publication. I mean, I think they came out in favor of drug legalization like decades ago. I mean, literally like late seventies, I think. I mean, they they were calling for, for drug legalization way before, like anybody like on the left was like, who's a major politician was calling for that as, or definitely before anybody in the Republican party was calling for it. like, they, they have been on the edge of, of some things in a way that you might not expect. Like it's not, um, You know, it's not necessarily like a stodgy, like you know, old man view of things. Always out of that magazine,
3: it's 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 not
2: that way. So, they they should be uh, they should be talking to some other other voices, and I probably will try to contact them and give them some recommendations on that. So,
0: well, this definitely was the stodgy old uh, man take of things. (laughs) Really, I mean, he seemed like such a statist. It's only criminal activity. It's the same as digital. it's not innovative because he knows he he does understand I, I think you could gather from the article that if people understand that it is a, a true innovation then of course it is worth more than the dollar of course it has value i mean his point is it has no value at all i mean uh, basically there it's just valuable for criminals no i mean we, we, we i mean at the beginning of the show we were talking about why it has value for poor people it's got uh, it, it, it's 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 incredible, but he, he doesn't seem to have a very open mind about it. We also have that lady; she she's big into hating Bitcoin too. She, she I forgot what her name is.
3: Francesca Kovala. Pizza slices. She said,
0: yeah. She, she, she oh my said God. you couldn't. I mean, it was just as ignorant that you needed to have uh, your computer on to send bit to receive Bitcoin oh God, or something yeah, like that. I mean, she, she didn't know that. Oh, unbelievable. All right, uh, yeah. uh, uh, p- Professor, you put. All these guys are linked to below, follow them on Twitter, but you, you went the extra mile. You, you did a Twitter uh, thread on, on, on Mr. Uh, Professor Hanke's, uh, I mean, he's an he's academia just like you. I mean, it's important, academia can have some insanity in it. So uh,
1: your, your take. Yeah, I didn't intend to do that. It's So, he, I mean, he reduced the case, um, it, it's against all cryptocurrencies, but he, he reduced the case for Bitcoin to it's digital and it's private. So as Alice Lacrosse pointed out, theres a, and you pointed out, there's a way bigger case than that, right? It's not just these two things. Then he said, money's always been digital. Then he said, or, or not always, but we have digital money already. So that's not innovative. Okay, yeah, that, that's pretty obvious. Um, then he said, also the money in your bank account is private. Um, but he doesn't mean by private things that people who you know talk about privacy and cryptocurrency or Bitcoin care about. They care about can people see what I'm buying? And they care about, um, is the supply controlled by other people? Um, that's not what he means by private. So he uses the word private six times to talk about bank account money. Um, but in none of those, does he mean what we mean by private? So then he says, this stuff is private. Um, and then he just kind of ignores the censorship resistance and, and the financial inclusion and the unbanked and all that stuff. And then he gives his case against Bitcoin, um, which is that it's been used for criminal activity. And the data comes from a paper that was published. It was submitted in 2017 and published in 2018. So that's that's a long time ago. Um, Bitcoin has changed a little bit <laughs> since then. It took data from 2009 to 2017. Um, so like the height of Silk Road and all this stuff is included in this data. Um, seems like he hasn't learned anything about Bitcoin since then or what people are using it for. doesn't mention you know, dissidents in Afghanistan or in Belarus or in Russia or uh, the Nigerian Feminist Collective or anything like this, people who are using Bitcoin. Um, And of course, we know that new figures from Chainalysis and and others show that it's less than a percent of uh, Bitcoin transactions that are used for illegal activity. Um, So as Alice LaCrosse pointed out, that percentage is way higher for the U.S. dollar. Uh, when criminals want to transact, they use the U.S. dollar. There's there's no blockchain for the U.S. dollar. Once it changes hands, nobody knows. It's not indelibly written on a ledger that can't be changed. That's a really bad way to do to to be a criminal. Is to be like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna do this thing that even people 30 years from now, when data mining is way more advanced, they're gonna be able to look at this and see uh, what I did. So yeah, I mean it's just it's really old. It, um, academia moves slowly. I know this. I talked at the beginning about how I didn't want to write about Bitcoin because people weren't like into it yet. And you got to like lay the groundwork first. So, um, the right response is not to write about something that you haven't done the the right research on. The, The right response is to, if you want to write about it, do the research. And if you don't want to do the research, then, then don't write about it. But to write about it and reveal how little you know about it is, in my opinion, um, surprising <laughs> and also annoying i
0: I, don't, I think he's got a lot of skin in the old game and he just doesn't want to give it up he doesn't want to say that you know there's a better way of doing things now that uh currency boards and uh, dollarization has uh, been trumped here but uh, I, I mean i can't get into the dude's head i just i was so sh- i was surprised by this one though just to, to, to attack it on a, an innovation that it's not innovative? You, you've, I mean, come on, dude. And just uh, uh, not to mention the unconfiscatable and uh, uncensorable aspects. I mean, just to yeah. say it's, it's just – or, or
2: supply cap, which is like the biggest argument, especially from people on the right. And it, he, It's like he doesn't even know that exists. But as, as you were saying, Bradley, too, about um, the, the term private – it's a, I mean, that's where I really feel like this is a bad faith argument. Like he's using the word private as, in a way that he knows damn well. is not what people mean when they say the transactions are private. He's saying private in terms of banks creating money through the issuance of credit. And it's like, that's not what anyone's, I mean, that's so yeah, ridiculous. It's, 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 using it's a, a key word.
3: Uh, it's, it's coming from this, this, uh, this land of think tank, like right-wing conservative think tanks. Saying something is private is like a code word for oh it's 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 good. Uh, it's, I have this example. I mean, it's not because some of the Panzer in Nazi Nazi Germany were made by Porsche that is it was a free market uh, success. I mean, it's not because <laughs> t- some stuff are private it doesn't mean it's it's definitely good. So yeah, they definitely use this private as uh, okay, it's not it's not controlled by the government because the Fed at the end of the day is not is not a governmental agency; it's a private uh, agency. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. This, this, this piece could have been written in 2014. I mean, it's always the same article going back and back again. And it's kind of sad because uh, in, in, in his case, I'm not sure he's fully understand the, the, the subject he's talking about, because, uh, when you look back on some of their economic uh pieces i think he, he wrote some good stuff uh, same thing for i think peter schiff is a pretty cool guy too i mean look look uh, peter schiff pre, pre-bitcoin pre Peter Schiff was was pretty cool I and mean, look when he went to uh the uh occupy wall street and start to talk with the um, uh protester that was pretty funny i mean peter schiff is a fundamentally i think free market guy uh kind of sound money as well i mean i share most of his views on gold but i mean when they talk about Bitcoin, they're just obsessed, and this, there is this uh, uh, Bitcoin there, the derangement syndrome that it, they're, they're getting uh, basically crazy thinking about that. And um, yeah, so, so most of the most of the you were talking about the uh, the settlement. And one of the of his argument is. Uh, not only digital, but settlement has existed for centuries. Uh, let's say it's starting with the private Italian banks with the double entry bookkeeping. So, yeah, it's, it's, it was, settlement was not invented with Bitcoin, of course. But, I mean, at this point, not realizing that there's a fundamental innovation with Bitcoin. I mean, you you must be bad fated uh, because, uh, and also like not recognizing that, well, I, I do agree. At some point he says, look, uh, what is the point? It says uh, uh, there, there are technical, theoretical, even aesthetic reasons to be interested in blockchains, but their ability to act as a distributed ledger or clearing house for financial transaction is not one of them. It's actually the only one <laughs> that matters. It's the only example that matters for for blockchain, not all, uh, not the rest of the blockchain bullshit we've been listening to uh, for the last five years. So uh, this is pretty bad takes, to be honest. It's amazing that it's still published in 2021 in a respectable, I think, publication like National Review. I mean, they're not, they're, they're not giving service to, let's say, the conservative crowd by, by, uh, by publishing that. He,
2: he also makes the, the classic mistake, and I think he may be sincere with this because a lot of people misunderstand this, of not understanding the difference between uh, the protocol being hacked versus an exchange. Yeah. So his example of why it's not secure, he gives he puts a link in there and it's a list of exchange hacks, which is not the same thing I'm going to grant. He probably doesn't understand that. He probably thinks what he was saying is, you know, is true on that. He doesn't understand that he's talking about two separate things. And, you know, you always have to reiterate that to people when you're trying to explain to them. All
0: right. If he does not understand that, he has no business writing about Bitcoin. None at all.
2: Yeah, I totally agree.
0: So, I, I don't know if he, I, 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 I hope he does understand that. I mean, how can't he understand that at this point? It, 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 there's a, it, uh, but if, if he doesn't, it, it's uh, no, he, he really shouldn't be. Uh, and, and so many people still use that excuse, but I think most of them are just liars and they're just, you know, d- don't like Bitcoin. I mean, if you, if you don't know the difference between Bitcoin being hacked, and Mount Doc's being hacked. You, you, you shouldn't be in this game. Pound that freaking like button, people. Okay, uh, any uh, any other thoughts on... Uh, now, I, I don't want to... I'm not putting this guy on a pedestal. I'm just... Uh, bring, I, I was just shot. I, I just... I wanted to, you know, nip it in the bud now because I knew people would start talking about it. It just came out yesterday. Just wanted to, you know, get it. Uh, but any other thoughts on him from, from the panel? Uh, you, want, you want to say about the uh, hanky there? Yeah, well, 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 these people
3: are like first of all it's a business like they're a consultant for monetary initiative in various countries they're they're uh they're all part of the same crowd i mean they're all they're acceptable people that are invited to central bank uh conferences they don't invite bitcoiners because uh they think we are the devil but they invite these uh uh free market guys at conference so it's like it's it's a circle jerk of all the same people and obviously bitcoin is 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 uh is is throwing the shit in the fan and at their at their party so they're kind of mad that we still exist after all these these uh, these prediction of uh, bitcoin going to zero it's going to be seized, it's going to be stopped by the government so they're they have to keep reinventing the narrative but with the same old bad uh,
0: arguments all right now speaking of the same old bit same old bad arguments i want to get a quick take on this um i i don't care what this guy has to say but it made the news this is this week in Bitcoin. Uh, Jamie Dimon said Bitcoin was worthless. All right, I mean he said things. I mean, it's for to me, it's just like uh, China is banning Bitcoin type of news. I mean, yeah, I mean I've been there, done that. Um, he's probably buying it. You know, I mean, he says he personally thinks it worthless. I mean, he gives that little qualifier, but he knows his company is going to make billions of dollars. I was off. about to
2: say, doesn't JP Morgan have a Bitcoin like a, Yeah, they have ETF a trading desk now, I think. And they yeah. sell
3: futures, they sell futures, uh, to uh, I think private banking clients or stuff like God, that. Never, never back off when
2: you're wrong about Bitcoin, huh? Just keep going, no matter yeah. what.
0: Yeah. So I mean I I think we get the consensus take here, uh, Professor. What, what do you what do you think about that? What do you have to say?
1: Um, I I take note when people change their minds, not when they just keep <laughs> saying the same thing that they've been saying the whole time. So yeah, uh, unsurprising to me hasn't hasn't learned much or doesn't want to, you know, be the subject of news for changing his belief about something. Cause then he'd have to admit that he was wrong. It's hard to get into people's heads and figure out what they know and why they're saying it. But, um, you know, it's, it's unsurprising. So I don't, I don't, uh, update my credence uh, about Bitcoin in any way. Uh, it was already factored in that Jamie Dimon's against it. and, and Big deal.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we, we went, this has been a highly intellectual show. Now we're, you know, talking about Jamie Dimon and we're losing the intellectual, uh, <laughs> High intellect. I mean, this is just. I mean, it's it's a bunch of noise. I mean, he actions speak louder than world words. What is his company doing? What is he saying? That's that's what. If people are going to have a weak hand and sell their Bitcoin and what he says, they are foolish because what is his company doing? That is the future right there. Okay, You don't want to get stuck with no Bitcoin when these companies that you you vilify so much have got a bunch of it. Uh, because you sold them your, your Bitcoin because you thought uh, Jamie Dimon was smart. Uh, uh, other panel members, Jamie Dimon, thoughts?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty foolish statement. First of all, like saying it, it's worthless uh, to me. Like it's more of a it, it's it's more of a political statement. I mean, you want to stay in the good grace of the Fed, this new administration, which is somehow a, a signal that they were going to be more active in regulating this sector. So I think it's pretty much just a signal he's sending. Uh, because on a pure economic basis, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, Bitcoin has value and it is, it is it is proving that to be uh, and Bitcoin is probably less risky at this price than it was like at the time he was saying that Bitcoin was a fraud. I think it was two thousand and seventeen. It was uh, I think under uh, five thousand dollars. so so I mean I think I think he, he's fully aware of that, but that was pretty much only a, a political statement to let's stay in the good grace of this uh, new uh, new administration.
0: All right. Al's I wish here. I could tell
3: him to have fun staying poor, but uh, he's not poor. <laughs> he earned, I think, thirty million last year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. So everybody that wanted to hear our take on Jamie Diamond, there you go. That's that's it. It's guys. Don't put him on a pedestal. You know, that's one of my things. Don't put these guys. If you end up putting these uh, no coiners well, uh, pretend no coiners, real no coiners. Who knows? He's got. I think he's got. Big but uh, oh, yeah. if you put put these famous people on pedestals,
1: you, you think for yourself, people think for yourself. Uh, I do. I mean, to, one, what one thing to so you you speculated that he might have Bitcoin. I think it's a well known tactic by people who have a microphone to try to in whatever way they can suppress the price of Bitcoin so that they can acquire more by being publicly against it. And then when he has as much as he thinks he's going to have, then he'll have a change of heart. And so. Uh, who knows what he thinks now and who knows what he will think in the future when he eventually comes out and says, yeah. hey, I was wrong. His, this thing is amazing. His
2: individual <laughs> ability to pump price is probably greater than, you know, almost anybody else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it doesn't can, affect,
3: like, uh, compared to the first time you said Bitcoin was a fraud, when I remember pri- price of Bitcoin collapsed at this time. I think it collapsed like uh, 10, 15% at that time. Now, we don't even bulge at the, that kind of, uh, of statement. But it's not like this kind of contradiction, like a professor said. It's not. Uh, it's fairly common in finance. Remember, like uh, I think Goldman Sachs made a killing by uh, by being on the short side of the real estate market while the, the while while the their their clients were getting busted on the on the subprime. So they're 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 used to that kind of double uh, double speak.
0: All right, Jamie Dimon, let's let's leave you in the dustbin of history. I, I don't I don't give a darn what that dude says. But uh, hey, we got to bring it up because it's. God, he just gets, he, I mean, he's good. He, he's a marketer. He, he, he gets his, he gets it out there. Um, he, he, it's clickbait. Maybe he wanted more attention for his business. Speaking about clickbait, I think last week's episode, we mentioned an article that was how the Bitcoin boom could be leaving behind poorer and older people. I just want to say, I mean, I think that was a Bloomberg article. I don't even know who wrote it now, but, but again, that that's clickbait stuff that gets people emotional. If you've been paying attention to this show Uh, for for the hour that we've been on here and we're almost done, uh, you know that uh, how the Bitcoin boom could be leaving behind poorer and older people. No, it is there to help uh, older and poorer people. In fact, you you could twist it around uh, to to the positive side, but uh, most people are stuck in their narrative. Now I want to just bring up the, again, the, the, the Bitcoin Conference 2022. Guys, be there, buy the tickets below, use my affiliate code, I will be there April sixth to 9th. It is going to be four days instead of two days. Al's lacrosse was it awesome uh, this year? Did you have a fun time? Did you yeah, enjoy? Yeah, I'll be
2: I'll be back for sure. Um, for me, you know, the conference was was great, but the uh, all the side events and getting to to hang with everybody in real life, um, and just if you're in a Bitcoin, you know, being able to go to a place where. You get all this firsthand experience with everybody who you've been reading and listening to, and, and who are designing the products to use is great. I'm spoiled with that now because I live in Texas and uh, and I get to do that all the time because there's you know this has become such a magnet. Um, but if you're coming from all over the world, you know the ability to be around all of these people whose work you're interested in is is really really cool. You know, get to go to some steak dinners and hang out by the pool and all that with everybody. Um, it's it's hard to beat, so I highly recommend it.
0: Yeah, and, and they're gonna make it more. You know, there was outside of the conference, there was a lot of networking. They're gonna bring it into the conference this time. Music festival is gonna be there. Industry day. You know, you can get tickets for you know one day, two day, three day, four day, all sorts of combinations. Uh, uh, it's 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 gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun time again. I look forward to it. I love uh, I love the warm weather of the beautiful weather of Miami and just the beautiful attitude. Uh, of the people down in uh, South Florida, so everybody, it is linked to below, and hopefully, all all the hopefully, it'll be easier to get from Canada to the United States next year. That that, that was problematic. I know uh, you, 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 uh, our Canadian here could not uh, come last year, although we did somehow get some Canadians to come.
2: Yeah, they yeah. they went. The ones that came went through Costa Rica, I believe.
0: Yeah. Right. Oh, then they couldn't get back, or they were. hoping. Yeah. I mean, there was all sorts of get. get god willing everything will be better in april free canada all right let's Super. everybody talk about what they're uh you know this is your time to talk about what you're doing uh what projects you're involved in uh we're starting jonathan of course you're doing coinbeast i'm doing coinbeast you're 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 doing education a little bit differently it's it's uh you're you're, you're teaching over or, or you know through, through coinbeast you're not a professor but that that's the awesome thing that it. Uh, Anyone, I, I love that there can be formal education now with Bitcoin through the university system, but we've been doing it online for quite some time. So, uh, Jonathan, tell us what, what you're doing, anything, the, the floor, any news we forgot, the floor is yours.
3: Yes, thanks, uh, thanks for the invitation. It's still, uh, still on on Coinbase for a private session, but also doing group session on uh, Bitcoin in general, mostly for finan- people in the financial industry. So that's what's mostly what uh, keeps me busy also in the mining business, traditional mining uh, here in Northern Quebec and also on the Bitcoin mining in a few uh, private projects across the, across the world. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, let's, uh, and you are linked below. All these guys are linked below. Alice LaCrosse, what is up in uh, the great state of Texas? What are you doing? Any uh, just Anything you want to talk about? Uh, so
2: uh, I run the Houston Bitcoin Meetup. Um, we are probably the largest Bitcoin meetup in the world now. Uh, we got in excess of 200 people showing up, uh, which, you know, I kind of have to pinch myself and remember the first Bitcoin conference I went to was Bit- BitBlock Bloom 2019. Probably didn't even have that many people there then. And we get this every month now. Um, largely, that's through the ability of Unchained Capital to promote it. Um, they uh, they are a sponsor. Um, Parker's there every, every month, uh, as well as some other guys from Unchained. But we focus on the the energy and mining aspect of Bitcoin because Houston is the energy capital of the United States, for sure, uh, potentially the world. I mean, uh, every third person you meet here in Houston is like an oil and gas engineer. Um, so many energy companies are are based here. Really really been fascinating to see as uh, especially in the wake of China shutting down mining. So many of those Chinese miners are coming here. Uh, so many of those ASICs are showing up here. Um, I get to you know, meet firsthand people who are doing mining out in the oil fields off of waste gas. It's been a really, really good meetup. Uh, we have a really cool location we do it at. And it's, uh, you know, it's kind of surreal to me to think a few years ago what my contact with this community was versus what it is now. On um, a personal note, I've also started um, with a position that I can't yet announce, but I will announce very soon. Um, it's very Bitcoin adjacent. It's not, I would say, necessarily a Bitcoin company per se, but a large amount of our clientele comes from the Bitcoin world. Um, It's something that uh, at least some of you will for sure have heard of. Um, But uh, that'll be sometime in the next week or two that that'll go public. Um, But it's something I'm very, uh, very happy to be a part of.
0: Oh, dude, man, you got me interested. You are in (laughs) motion. I love it that you're getting the job in this. I mean, there's so many opportunities out there uh In this golden age, the 2030s. You mentioned the surreal, the size of how things have grown. I got to tell you, one thing I forgot about the the the, the conference we were at together is like over 10,000 people in Miami. Yeah. They were aiming for over 30,000. I mean, I I think I can remember a time when there weren't like 30,000 Bitcoiners. It didn't seem like yeah yeah back in 2013. It didn't seem like there were 30,000. So, dudes, it, it. 30,000 bitcoiners in my app I mean that is gonna be a, a quite a four-day event I mean they might even get more than that so I'm just I'm, I'm still hyping it but I'm also hyping your job dude I I look forward you you tweet that thing out there baby I'll I'll
2: tell <laughs> uh, I'll you as soon as I as soon as I uh, can announce it uh,
0: uh, all right all right all right uh, Professor Bradley Retler you were awesome today, Dan. I'm so glad I got you on there. I'm so glad I found out about you. Again, people, when you, you know, you hear a name, you research it, you just don't, you know, uh, you, you go out there, you, you get in motion, you invite them. You, I mean, this has been a highly intellectual show. I, I, I loved it, the philosoph- philosophical aspect of it. What are you doing? Anything else to add? News, projects? The floor
1: is yours. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked today about how the, uh, at least one of the mainstream media outlets, the, the National Review Online, is not publishing pro-Bitcoin stuff. So we're, we're trying to get, uh, we at resistance.money, trying to get some stuff in mainstream media outlets giving the positive case for Bitcoin. Um, we've got one that came out in Newsweek that you may have seen a few weeks ago on, on why government should invest in the Bitcoin network. But we're writing stuff, we're, we're on podcasts. Um, we soon will have some news in, in the vein of Al's Lacrosse. Uh, I'll be coy about it. Um, we'll soon have news, hopefully, about a book project. Um, and just, just breaking news, uh, within the time that we were recording this, um, some of the, the people on progressive Bitcoin Twitter put together a website that's a link uh, of articles based on topic, environment, racial justice, social and global issues, gender equity, and how Bitcoin can help fix these problems. It's at the Theprogressivebitcoiner.com. the progressivebitcoiner.com. So if you have friends who are on the left of the political spectrum and you want to send them to a place that, it, you know, there's there's no preaching. There's just just a, a list of links and uh, they can see how Bitcoin might fit into their worldview. So that, that just came <laughs> live. Thanks to uh, Mark. MN Local on Twitter, um, who's a physician in Minnesota, I think. So Bitcoin brings people together. It's awesome. Uh, the ProgressiveBitcoiner.com. TheProgressiveBitcoiner.com.
0: Let me see if that... I'm going to link to it. All right, dudes that are watching this live, it's not linked to yet, but I'm going to link to it below because... As for, I am glad people from quote unquote, the other side of the aisle, whatever you want to say, are getting into this thing. This is for everybody. It's for your enemies also. That's the thing about Bitcoin. You can't stop your enemies from holding it. You can't stop your friends from holding it. It is unconfiscatable. I love it. All right, dudes. Uh, I would say Shabbat Shalom. It isn't, uh, it isn't Shabbat. It's Wednesday uh, because we used to have this show on a Friday, but you never know when we're going to have this show now. I thank all the the members of the panel for taking time out of their their very important days to be here uh 18 bitcoin i think you only need 18 bitcoin and you're a freaking millionaire right now i mean wow what a what a world we're freaking living in uh i am adam meister the bitcoin meister the disrupt meister remember subscribe to the channel people pound that like button um we'll be back really soon there's some show i was interviewed by someone later follow me on twitter t-e-c-h-b-a-l-t contribute on paypal you guys uh know the deal and uh yeah thanks a lot uh panel members and let me find the the button to say goodbye see you guys soon bye ending stream now yay all right see
3: everybody
0: hang on a second let me uh